0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
1: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. We are in a never-ending soap opera of gigantic proportions. It's almost like a Greek tragedy in some way. This is massive. New news today from Washington, D.C., concerning a report, the whistleblower report that has been released, has rocked the nation's capital and no one can know where this runaway train is headed right but certainly it's headed for a gigantic clash it is. soon
2: yeah yeah
1: thanks for coming along today for the ride home
2: so
3: the whistleblower complaint is available online uh for you to read and again you know we try to say this regularly. Before you hear what someone's opinion is about it, whether it's someone who works for MSNBC or Fox or us or whoever it is, just go and read it for yourself and decide what you think. Yes. And that's what John and I did today. I have not read anyone else's opinion. I don't know what anyone else is saying about this today. Um, this is a disturbing report.
1: Very much so, especially looking at the layers of individuals who are involved And I think, I believe, the clarity of the thread of the charges against the president. And there are charges against the president here.
3: Coming up at 535 this afternoon, we're going to talk to Greg Clugston live from the White House, and he'll give us the latest on the whistleblower complaint. But I can tell you that from my perspective, there are two things in this complaint that we did not... No, yesterday when we just read the transcript of the phone conversation between the president of the US and the president of Ukraine. And the one thing is that there were multiple people who heard the phone call, who were disturbed by it. Right. So he says more than half a dozen US officials have informed me this the whistleblower of various facts related to what they saw as President Trump's effort to get Ukraine to help him in his 2020 re-election bid. So it's not just one whistleblower who heard something. Who's got an axe to grind. And what's ironic is the whistleblower didn't really hear it. The whistleblower was not on the phone call. He was not one of the people transcribing the phone call. But those
1: multiples you spoke of.
3: Right. Uh, did contact the whistleblower. And so he's kind of presenting the totality of what they're saying. Exactly. That's the first thing. Right. And the second thing is there is an allegation in here. Of course, this is an allegation. It's yet to be proven that um, once the conversation happened, it was placed in a computer uh Uh, in a a portion of the computer system at the White House, which is usually only relegated to national security concerns. And this was was not a national security concern. It was a personal political concern and so should not have been in this category of top secret. Right. So So by
1: placing it in there, it was not open to other eyes that would normally see such a phone conversation. And it looks
3: like they're trying to hide something.
1: That's what it looks like.
3: Whether they were or not. I don't know. But but it looks like that. So those I think to me, those are the two things that this showed Mm -hmm. that I didn't know yesterday.
1: And meetings confirmed today as people gathered that, that, you know, Democrats and Republicans are trying to drill down into this to talk to any number of people who were in the room to talk to people in intelligence to see what the actual facts are.
3: And you also can't you can't take the facts out of the larger context that we're in politically where we recognize that the Democrats have tried time. And how many oh, times have they tried to, impeach to, the president. to to nail the president for something?
1: Again and again right. and again and, and again. Come up empty.
3: And lest we forget that it was only, what, five day, days ago they were talking about impeaching Brett Kavanaugh. Right. You remember that?
1: <laughs> so people have been imp- trying to impeach the president before even he took office. So, That's really what it feels so like. So even
3: if this is as significant as it seems to me, it is lessened in because the of the vigor of the Repu- of the democratic you know contentiousness against
1: him right i get that however in black and white on paper in front of us as we read the nine pages of the full document of the whistleblower complaint things do not look positive for the president they just don't now a lot more can change because yeah, heck- that's the nature of where we are today in right. the world but right now oh, This is not good news, I'd say.
3: I wonder if we'll find out who the whistleblower is.
1: I hope not. Although, my guess is nothing's sacred anymore. Because this is a guy just doing his job. All of a sudden, he'll be attacked. He'll be sort of excoriated, personally looked at, uh, just drilled down into, you know, this new world we live in now. Nothing is is sacred. No, nothing is sacred.
3: But don't you think, I mean, so none of... Maybe you're better at separating these things than I am. But I have a hard time reading all of this without thinking that this is just this is one in a whole line of issues that the Democrats have tried to nail him on. I I agree with that. This is just the latest incarnation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you dig down, you know, into people's lives, you're going to find some dirt sooner or later. And I think this is probably the possibility of this. And, of
3: course, the big question for me is, is it true? That the whistleblower's attorneys are the same attorneys that worked with Hillary Clinton in the past. Right.
1: Is that the case?
3: And if that's the case, that was stupid on his or her part.
1: And the president making the ask and Rudy Giuliani traveling to see. And is
3: it. Do presidents always have their personal lawyers that are this intimately involved in I, relations between countries?
1: I'm not sure about that, about relationships between country, But certainly the president's lawyer, more often than not, is with him on a daily basis, sharing yeah, but is, and exchanging but is he, information. What, is
3: he traveling without the president, representing the president? Like this says that Giuliani went to Spain and met right. one-on-one right. with a representative from Zelensky's government. I mean, do we really have... I mean, he's n- he's not an elected official. No, he's he's not, not part of the cabinet. He's the
1: president's personal lawyer, which is different from someone so, from the Justice Department. That's troubling as well. Anyway, Greg Clarkson will be with us at 540 today to drill down deeper into the, uh, the accusations and the drama unfolding into the nation's capital.
3: But coming up next, we'll talk to Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance and one of our favorite guests, what Jesus really said
1: about social
3: justice.
2: Bart, it's an amazing song.
4: Maybe you've seen the movie. It's, it's kind of happening now. See them live in concert, the Imagination Tour, featuring Mercy Me, with special guest Crowder. Thank
2: you, God.
4: Word FM welcomes Mercy Me, coming to PPG Paints Arena, October fourth. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com.
5: 101.5
6: W O R D. Coming up on Love Worth Finding.
0: Did you know the book of Revelation can shed light on what's going on in our world? Things are happening in the world today, friend. Pick up your Bible in one hand, the newspaper in the other hand, and you can tell that we are living in the closing shadows of the end of an age. The child of God ought not to be in ignorance in these pregnant times in which we are living.
6: Learn from Adrian Rogers' series, The Triumph of the Lamb, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5
4: WORD. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty learn more at pts.edu
5: if you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay please hear this special notice into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800 555 5588 800 555 5588 That's 800 555 5588 Community Tax. Who's your tax guy?
4: Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at salemmedia.com careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer.
1: If you said the words social justice... To a room full of people, it would scatter people's ideas, their emotions, their feelings about what social justice is or is not. Is social justice a a Christian tradition? Because it is certainly something now that is um, at the forefront of, of a lot of people's, especially a younger generation's mind. Jerry Boyer is with us. Jerry is the editor for Town Hall Finance. He's got a a workout, a a book that is in process right now called, a working title, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice. Here today to talk to us about that. Jerry, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure.
3: So, Jerry, social justice. um, Give us a working definition.
7: Uh, Justice is things being as they ought to be. And social is um, involving more than one person. Um, probably more than just two, um, but a, uh, at a society level. So social justice is pretty simple in terms of the you know, the etymology, the, the technical meaning of the words, which is a society organized the way it's supposed to be, a society organized the right way, which for a Christian would be God is the definition of the right way to do things, a society organized the way God would want it to be.
3: So, seen through the lens of contemporary American politics, social justice is on the left side.
7: It is, and it's very much contested ground. It's just one more almost every word now uh, that we use, uh, you know, has landmines buried in it. Um, my friend Marvin Olasky did a study of the history of the word social justice, uh, which I found helpful. Um, it is a nineteenth-century um, idea put together by conservative Catholics. Um, as part of the argument against abortion uh, and against uh, legalization of abortion. So the idea was that, you know, Christians, Catholics in particular, these theologians are talking about, but Christians are supposed to act justly, we're supposed to be righteous. But there's also a social side to that. So not only should we not abort our children, uh, but also, that, you know, it should, the aborting of children should not be something that the law encourages. So the roots of the phrase, like almost everything in our society, are in Christianity. And what happened later is, like over and over again, the secular left stole uh, the phrase and stole the idea and turned it into something very much like the opposite of the original meaning.
1: Really? So how far is the difference between the original ideas and what the left has done?
7: Well, pretty far. <laughs> I mean, you've got you know you've got conservative Catholic theologians saying social justice means that we need to. I mean, there was a certain element of justice for the poor, but it's generally a morally conservative idea. Uh, and now, what it means is moral relativism and pop Marxism, you know, sort of discount pop Marxism, mm-hmm. a lot of race hustling, and a lot of just stuff that's toxic and that almost nobody listening to us right now thinks is a good thing. But Here's my concern. We tend to play um, retreat a lot, so I'm seeing Christians wanting to say, well, they're saying social justice now, so we can't say it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just more ground that we give up, Um, and I think that's a mistake. I I I do not concede the word justice to the secular left, and I do not concede the word social to them. So I don't see any reason why we ought to concede social justice. But I think what we need to do is stop reacting to them, reacting to us, and go back to the plumb line. And for the Christian, the plumb line is always Jesus. So the question isn't, what do they mean? What do we mean? Should we say what they say? or we, Will we confuse people if we use a phrase that they stole from us? To me, it always comes down to, let's go back to the plumb line, Jesus, follow him wherever he leads. And then we can talk about, you know, how exactly to say it later on. But You know, does he have a social justice message? And I think absolutely he does, although it's not what I think almost anyone who uses that phrase would think it is. Right.
1: So people would say, well, don't tell me, show me. So as believers, as Christians, we should show us in social justice situations and in social justice lives.
7: You're saying that we should live in a socially just way to show people what it means. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah absolutely that's absolutely right um that's not instead of course of voting and you know discussing issues but it is the main thing um and i don't think that's what we're seeing i think that we talk about it a lot but you know, we don't always mirror it well. That includes me. Um, But I think, I guess my view is, let's talk about Jesus. Let's follow him. He's powerful. We're weak. Um, And, you know, I think that Jesus's message, when we embrace it and talk about him, is inherently a winning and powerful message. Um, So... I wouldn't focus too much on abstractions. I mean, look, the working title is social justice because that's a hot topic. But in some ways, I want to get it out of the hot, you know, Um, and get it it back to the Gospels and then sort of see what unfolds there. Mm
3: -hmm. Jerry, um, you you mentioned earlier that we, um, as far as— Christians are in retreat when it comes to social justice. And I think you're right about that, simply because I I, I do think for the average person, when they hear the idea of social justice, that means economic equality.
7: Yeah, yes, I think they think that it means that. Of course, um, economic equality is unjust. Um, It's a terribly unjust idea that has the blood of not Thousands, not hundreds of thousands, not millions, not tens of millions, but hundreds of millions on its hands. So the idea that justice requires that we take away by force from everybody and redistribute until everybody has the same amount of whatever. Of course, the redistributors, they need a little special something, right? I mean, they get to live in, in you know, the farmer's house. and you know, uh, They're the redistributors, the nomenclatura. They need a little you know, reward for being the vanguard of the revolution. Well, that's a terrible idea. It's, it's, it's something the Bible never endorses, um, and it's something that is incredibly destructive historically. Um, no, justice is people getting what they ought to get. Um, and that usually – for most people, that is tied to are they usefully serving other people in a market. Um, now, some people can't. Some people aren't able to, and so we have the idea of almsgiving and charity um, as, an, as an example of that. But to, to criticize inequality as unjust is to inherently say that equality is a moral – quality of outcome rather than equality before the law is a moral imperative Mm -hmm. but you can't have them both if you have equality before the law if everybody starts at the same place if everyone's under the same set of rules in the game some will win more than others uh so so you have to destroy equality before the law what we call rule of law in order to get the outcome of equality of Mm. outcome
3: right um talk about how you see issues like this and 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 I definitely want to get to what the point of this is, which is what Jesus said about social justice. But I I guess I am still about setting the table a little bit. Uh, What What about the idea, Jerry, that um, that our system is poisoned, and that you know? Equality of opportunity isn't a thing that exists anyway. And so because the whole system is polluted before we've started, then we need even more social – the whole problem of social justice is that no one's starting at the same place and so now we have inequality and now there are people suffering and now we have to fix it by some socialist policy.
7: I think that that always makes things worse. I think that they're right, that we are already a poisoned society. I think that we do not have equality before the law. Um, I think that there are deep, deep injustices in our society um, that involve disadvantages having to do with place of origin and and race and access to political power. Um, And I think Jesus thought the same thing about uh, his own society uh, from a close reading of his remarks. But it's interesting that he never calls uh, for increase of the power of the state. So I think that conservatives have made a mistake. Um, A big mistake, which is we tend to defend the outcomes of our poisoned system, and a lot of my supply-side friends are always saying, hey, it's okay. This is great. We've got a free market system, and it's working for everybody, and the answer is no, we don't have a free market system, and it isn't working for everybody. Um, So just because the left is complaining… Maybe even exaggerating how bad things are in a bid for power doesn't mean that we should be the defenders of the status quo. Jesus was not a defender of the status mm. quo. Um, and I don't think we should be, too. I think we should be angry. I think, you know, op- Occupy Wall Street and these other movements, I think they're right to be angry. I think they've been brainwashed as to whether it's the free market system that's created this problem. And I think they've definitely been brainwashed if they think forced redistribution on a socialist model is the solution. But I think emotionally they're right to be angry.
1: Yes. Jerry Boyer is with us. He's an editor of Town Hall Finance. So, Jerry, I-, I don't know if you've followed this story at all. There's a, a, something been circulating locally here in western Pennsylvania about a young man who has uh, performed more than 100 good deeds. I think he posted information about himself on Craigslist or social media and said, If you need some help, I'll be happy to stop by. So, you know, old ladies said, you know, could you help me do some yard work or hang some curtains or whatnot? Anyway, the news media took this up, and the guy's become somewhat of a sort of a a local sort of hero, a bit of a phenomenon. He essentially is doing social justice work, but now he's feted by the news media. So, I mean, I guess the point is, if believers are of that same mind and go and do good works in the name of Jesus, that's social justice. That's not necessarily something that, um, you know, to to think about uh, as believers as over, you know, doing political work or going under doing person-to-person work, right? Right.
7: Yes, and I think person-to-person work is more important, and I think it's Jesus' um, solution to the problem he faced. I mean, he didn't harbor any illusions uh, that um, that the, the Judean elite would stop ripping off the middle class and the poor. I don't think he harbored any illusions that, um, that the tax collectors would all give restitution or that the rich young rulers would pay back what they defrauded. I mean, Jesus was realistic. Um, I kind of, we, we sort of think of him as almost like a Gandhi, Buddha kind of figure. I don't think so. I think he was hard as nails. Um, carpenter, who knew the way of the world. So what he basically says is, yes, the temple is hopelessly corrupt, so we're going to be a temple. And we're going to treat each other right. Now, that doesn't mean you don't confront the rulers and you know, say to Pontius Pilate you would have no power unless it's given from above and say to Herod what you're doing is not right. But we don't wait for politics to change. Mm. We become the society mm. that eventually – the whole society will be, but first we have to show it by example. So you don't get too caught up in politics. We're probably too caught up in politics. Mm-hmm. We are building a nation inside a nation. That nation is the Christian church. Um, and that's the best way to change a
1: nation. Right. Okay, so Rod Dreyer, you know, made a, a splash a year or two back with the Benedict option, right? Which was essentially instead of the Christians trying to push against society, we should sort of hold ourselves off and do our good works and allow society to come to us. Is the social justice movement the same way?
7: Um, well, I think that he's right that we ought to focus on on being a good community um i don't think that's a change i think we do that whether things are working out for, for us politically or not and i wouldn't want to argue for surrender so i don't know why we can't just push on every front <laughs> you know i mean vote yeah. the right way make the right call you guys talk about political issues but yes, keep talking about political issues and keep pushing it but it does i don't think it has primacy over building community um, and I don't think I don't I, I mean if Roger is saying it used to be that we should push politically, but now we should form little Enclaves as a subculture. I would say no. It always is the case that all authority is given to Jesus on heaven and, and in, in heaven and on earth, and that we go therefore and disciple the nations, which always means living as the nation that we want them to be. But it also means confronting them and telling them what God requires of them. Jesus is the Messiah, and the Messiah doesn't just tell individuals what to do. The promises of the Messiah is that he would tell the nations what to do as well, which is why he says disciple the nations. So I don't I think that Roger maybe is kind of giving us a false decision, or at least it's played that way. I think we push forward on all fronts.
1: Jerry Boyer is with us, editor of Town Hall Finance, talking about a forthcoming book that Jerry has just written, what Jesus really said about social justice. It's a working title. Our conversation continues with Jerry in just a few minutes about social justice and many other things. Stick around.
8: pumpkins 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 and more pumpkins pumpkins are what the springhouse is thinking about this time of year hi it's me marcia from the springhouse and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year we've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Spring House in 84 PA. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com
9: I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up and to see it transformed into what What it is today was truly an awesome experience. Got a vision? Begin the journey at Nelloconstruction.com. Hi, I'm John Henny from
6: Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shady Side store to learn more, or visit HennyJewelers.com.
1: Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with Extreme Detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters—always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net.
10: You know what the price of gas is right now? Doesn't matter how many dollars and who cares cents. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every up after that. Sign up in store and visit
3: circlek.com slash EasyPay for more details. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting The Ride Home.
11: Mainly clear and turning cooler tonight. The low going down to 46. Tomorrow, a nice day with some sunshine. High 78, some patchy clouds tomorrow night. Milder, low 62, then a very warm in humid day for saturday with clouds and sunshine a shower or a thunderstorm will be in some spots for the afternoon or evening saturday's high 87 degrees with iraqi weather forecast i'm meteorologist danielle niddle
1: jerry boyer is with us jerry is the editor of town hall finance he's a regular guest on our show hey jerry um let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um comedians, Dave Chappelle, uh, Louis C.K., or any number of comedians who, you know, guys have been sort of silenced, men, men and women have been silenced by the uh, the appropriate culture that says we should not talk about things. You call
3: them the court jester who's yeah. been silenced, who is finally <laughs> hacked off.
1: Right. Now, if you, if you read, you know, uh, Shakespeare, the, the jester always is sort of uh, having a dual rule or a role, right? He's very funny, but he's also right. very wise. And in many ways, he's very subversive. So we've found ourselves now with silencing our court jesters. And thankfully, there's been a bit of a backlash.
7: Yeah, I I think that's right. The court jester in Shakespeare um, is kind of a funny character. In some ways, the prophet in the Old Testament is to some degree the court jester. You have Ezekiel doing strange little pantomimes and Jeremiah. I mean, they were a little weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Um and, and they were sort of outside of the normal and they seem to have been able to get away with a lot. Um and so comedy I'd say there's two there's two speakeasies in a in a um culture that is into prohibition. Right? Um uh, and we, we're we're a culture that is not into alcohol prohibition, far from it, uh or substance. We're a culture that's into discussion prohibition. Just a lot of things you can't say. And so you have speakeasies. I think the traditional speakeasies are the church, the prophet, you know, there's a zone where there are the church that can speak in a prophetic role and say things that others can't say, um, or the comedian. Um, and I think right now we're at a time where the comedian is the, is the zone of freedom. Um, and what we're seeing is as this what you know people call political correctness or cancel culture. Someone says something out of line, or you find a tweet from eight years ago, and then Kevin Hart can't host the Oscars right or uh, you know um that that uh, the sort of retroactive you know go back and judge people by the repressive speech code of today by what they said years ago, and then essentially try to destroy their career exactly. um I think you' you now that's turned now uh, I think Dave Chappelle is a big enough force in comedy that he can pretty much do what he wants, and no one's going to cancel him um because he's a talented comedian. He's a pretty vulgar comedian, so I'm not out there saying, hey, everybody, you know, gather together your youth group and watch Dave Chappelle. I'm just (laughs) just talking about culture here um, that he's angry about the way Louis C.K. was shut down and Kevin Hart, I think, in particular, what he calls the alphabet people, LGBTQ, are maybe setting themselves up for a backlash And so I think comedy is now the speakeasy zone, Mm And I saw David Chappelle and then Bill Burr, kind of uh, almost his whole routine was about that stuff. So a lot of the big names in comedy are kind of pushing back on this. So comedy is now the zone where you can speak freely. I'm not crazy about that. Because they're kind of vulgar, and can, they can be kind of nihilistic, and that's not the healthiest place. No. That's just like an outlaw zone. So it's like in all those old sci-fi movies, you know, you go to the – you get away from the dystopia, and there's an outlaw zone where you're free, but there's also a lot of evil stuff going on. I think that we, what we need is for the church to be a city of refuge, a place where there really is freedom of speech which means we have to pioneer how to talk to one another without blowing everything up. Uh-huh. And right now, I think a lot of ministers are afraid to talk about issues because they'll blow everything up. Um, and thats it's good to be concerned about that. But the answer is not to just avoid it all. It's to learn how to defuse the bombs.
1: Right. Okay. So then let's talk about uh, Dave Chappelle and the alphabet people, right, the LGBTQ community, because any time – and I believe this is true – most Christians don't know how to engage properly in the conversation they'll say well I'm a Bible believer I believe the Bible says that marriage is between a man and a woman I believe that homosexuality is sinful we've all you know we've all been steeped in this conversation but at the same time when you look at people who are gay or lesbians or transgender or whatnot and you know them personally you see them you look in their eye you have conversations you do see it's
3: different it is
1: you see God's really creation before for you. So it's yep. very complex. There's nothing black and white here about it. And I think the church is fearful or clumsy or disengaged or just unable or unwilling to look at this and have a conversation one-on-one face-to-face.
2: Yeah,
7: well, gay people, are they're very useful for fundraising, for religious conservative causes, uh, and so there was a lot of kind of histrionic rhetoric. We're not talking about downplaying the Bible. We're not talking about walking away from the clear biblical teaching about you know same-sex relations. We're talking about speaking these truths respectfully, or speaking these truths as if we're not really talking about humans. We're just talking about issue. Objectives, right? That these people are just, you know, like the dartboards that we can throw darts at to prove that we stand upon the word of God, or that it's worth sending us, you know, a check this month, you know, so that we can fight the whatever agenda. Um, And I think that I, I think the church could get this right. I think the early church got it right. I mean, Jesus dealt with eunuchs. Um, You know, not directly, but he talked – they're dealt with in the the Gospels, he talks about them, Um, they're dealt with in the prophets, and the early church starts dealing with eunuchs pretty early on. So it it appears that the church was a safe space for people who decided or somebody else decided that they were of a different gender. Uh, So it was a safe space that never changed the message to make it safe. Can we be a safe space – that tells the truth. Um, I think we can be, because we have been in the past. Until we are, the comedians will be the prophets and will be the bystanders. Yep.
1: You're you're absolutely right. So then the safe space that tells the truth, because now there's different shades of truth here, right? Because even in Christendom, there are conservative and liberal Christians. I mean, one church next to another, one Christian church, uh, you know, waving the gay flag, another church having nothing to do with this whatsoever. So we can't have a biblical imperative even between all of us in Christendom.
7: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so one church waves the gay flag, which is really the flag of surrender to the sexual revolution, uh, and another church puts something you know, out there like, God said Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, you know, <laughs> right, kind of like right. an angry edge scold. to it. Right, scold where no gay person is going to – they're just not going to show up. They feel dehumanized. Whether they are intentionally being dehumanized or not is not the main point pastorally. The main point pastorally is what do they hear? You know, a stray cat showed up at our house last year, and we wanted to help it. And we walked towards the stray cat, and the stray cat ran away. Mm -hmm. Now, I could say, hey, stray cat, you're completely misunderstanding. We're going to give you food and water. But he couldn't hear, right? Um, So what we had to do is put a little water out and put a little food out little by little. And then there was one day when it was so cold that he would like, okay, I'll come in. And he's been with us ever since. (laughs) Um, And can the church handle the person with the spirit of the stray cat? I mean, this poor guy had probably never had a peaceful day in his life. He had to scrap to live. Um, And it is really tough to be a gay person, really tough. Even with a culture that's friendly towards it, it's still really tough. So do we have the heart where we can like put out the bucket of put out the little cup of milk and so have a trust relationship so that we can really talk? And with this straight cat is not allowed out because the last time he was allowed out, he got hit by a car and now he only has three legs. So we're trying to help him, but we had to have a trust relationship with fennel. Um, we, we call him that because he was in our fennel patch outside our window. I'm, now, I'm not saying, you know, I know gay people don't want to be compared to animals because there's been dehumanizing. I'm not not doing it that way. I'm just saying that we all have a straight cat. We all have a scared and hurt part. So is the church a place where people with a scared and hurt part naturally come? Um, not where we give up our standards, not where we say it doesn't matter what you do. Um, of course it matters what you do, because what you do is part of what made you scared and hurt in the first place. But are we that safe space that tells the truth? That's the zone that Jesus set up on earth. If we're not that, then what we're going to have is what we have now: the angry Adam and Steve. What part of don't, what part of "Thou shalt not"? Don't you understand? Like T-shirts like that, right. uh, and then others who are waving the flag flag of surrender uh, in a lot of the mainline churches, and nobody doing the whole Jesus agenda.
3: Jerry Warriors with us, editor of Town Hall Finance. We need to step away. We'll come back. More conversation with Jerry up next.
12: 1.5 W O R D. We
6: want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM.
1: Now the question is, how much cash do you want?
6: How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey.
4: Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizan. Dr. Tizan's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission." will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is
9: Tun Shilkin from my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, you could qualify for 18% off the MSRP on select models, of the all-new, redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,300 in savings on select Silverado Double Cab All-Stars. The team at Colusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check
4: them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. October 11th and 12th, Gospel Life Church in Evans City presents the 2019 Engage Conference. This year's theme, Communion with God. Join keynote speakers Dr. Carl Truman of Grove City College and Dr. Andy Snyder of Radiant Church Austin along with an esteemed panel of guests as you explore ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. Child care will be provided. Reserve now at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. The 2019 Engage Conference, October 11th, Eleventh and twelfth. Details at gospellifechurch.net/conference.
13: This is the entertainment answer. What does writer director Jill Colton say is funny about her Yeti Everest in the new animated film Abominable?
10: Just this Yeti who's out of his element. He's never seen an air conditioner. He's you know never been in the city before. He's never seen a koi fish. You know so. Being able to see this innocent character explore the world for the first time already is inherently funny. Abominable. Rated PG.
13: For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The
10: backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks,
4: man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. How much does it cost? home advisor is totally free to use plus you can read customer reviews check pricing and book appointments for free what's the website again homeadvisor.com or just download the free home advisor app
3: jerry boyer is with us editor of town hall finance his monthly slot with us on the ride home Uh, Jerry, in our last segment, we were talking about uh, comedians as court jesters. And I, I really appreciate that role that they play in society. And I feel like it's desperately needed, you know, over the last I don't know how long it is, what? 5 years we've just seen celebrity pastors fall for any number of reasons whether it's a power issue it's a financial issue it's a sexual issue or now right. we have you know pastors or worship leaders who are sent, who are falling because they don't you know hold the orthodox belief anymore and i just wonder if many of us individually get to a place where we don't allow the court jester in our life anymore I wonder if we don't we we're so powerful, we're so influential that there's nobody left who will say, Wait a minute, what are you doing? You know, and I and I yeah. wonder about that role and if we're you know, we've been we've clamped down on what you're allowed to say so much in our culture, that at this point the comedians are beyond the court gestures. They're the canary in the coal mine.
7: Yeah, they are. And I I mean you're talking about something different, right? Yeah, Within those are the, uh, the, 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 you're right. There's two
3: different things there.
7: Yeah, you know, that's fine. We can talk about either one of them, but within the church, and then within the evangelical branch of the church, right. and then within the mega church branch of the evangelical branch of the church, you have a kind of a celebrity industrial complex, right. um, and a whole bunch of people, their livelihood depends on it, so you can't mess with it. You certainly can't have a court gesture. You can't have someone who's saying, wait a minute, Pastor, I don't think that's the right way to go, um, and so there are some inherent limitations to that model. So, am I saying mega churches are bad? No, I'm not saying that. There's lots of ways to do church. All I'm saying is every way has its strong points and its and its weak points. And I think the weak point of the mega church thing is that you can have a cult of personality that takes itself too seriously, and nobody is really willing to stand up and say to somebody like a Harvest Bible Chapel or whatever, "Hey, wait a minute, senior, senior, senior pastor, mega guy, um, I have some questions about this." that the culture is definitely not set up for that. Um, and uh, and it's, it's interesting that some of these we've even seen the gatekeepers, you know, um, the financial accountability gatekeepers and the, you know, this, uh, the good housekeeping seal of approval type agencies, you know, they kind of were along for the ride and they didn't really raise the alarm when there were really, you know, were there, there's some alarms to be raised. So definitely now see when that happens, can we really speak to the culture? No, you know, you're I mean, right? We've lost our when, voice back at that when point. I was a young guy, yeah, you know, Jim and Jim uh, you know, Baker and Kevin Fay. You know, evangelicalism was really rising as a social phenomenon, and then boom, you get these blow blowups. Um, uh, and at that point, I really think evangelicalism started to really decline as a cultural influence, mm-hmm. and it should have. Jesus said, if you can't handle earthly things, then you can't be expected to handle heavenly things. So we're, like, really good at preaching, but we're no good at balancing the books, and we double-book our hotel rooms. Sorry, by the Jesus standard, we should be shutting up right. Until right, we, until right. we get better at that.
1: Okay, so then that begs the question. So I remember years ago reading um, a book by Donald Miller, right, um, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years or whatnot. Anyway, he tells a story where he goes on to a college campus, a secular college campus, and they set up this um, confession book. Booth, And the, the the premise is that, you know, young secular college kids step up to the booth and they think, you know, that they're supposed to confess. But the fact of the matter is it's a complete turnaround where the evangelicals are confessing their sinfulness to the secular world. So I think that's I think that's worth doing. It
7: could be gimmicked a little bit. So you got to be careful to yes. you know, to not fall into the gimmick of like you know christians go to the gay pride parade and they apologize it's like are you really apologizing or are you apologizing for other people which isn't really a confession of sin. Well, and that puts, so if I go to the gate pride parade and I say, I'm sorry for what Christians have done to you, but I've been woke for a long time. I'm not really apologizing. I'm not really confessing. I'm lording it over my brothers and sisters in order for like the cheap dopamine of, uh, yeah. you know, of you liking me. The so hero. genuine confession is, is, is great. Um, it, so yes, I like that idea, but I'd also be really careful Confess your sins. Don't confess the sins of the church, especially ones that you've never
1: committed. And it it goes into the greater sort of, you know, cultural conversation today, because as the Democrats are ascending, you know, closer to uh, coalescing a a candidate, there's been talk about, you know, reparations. And where are we black and white, Christian, non-Christian, you know, free man, slave socially with that conversation? Because certainly Christians have a stake in the guilt of that as well.
7: Absolutely, we do, uh, and also a big stake in the ending of it, yes, um, yes. which which is the, probably the more unusual thing. But yes, there is guilt, and Christians were in, were involved with that guilt. I would say there's only one institution that could possibly have that conversation in a constructive yep. way, and it's the Christian Church. Yep, the problem is we're divided along racial lines. So you know, one of the things about this kind of culture of accusation, like these Twitter mobs, uh, they're going after you because of your whatever white privilege, privilege or straight privilege or whatever, is in some sense they've got a piece of the Jesus agenda because Jesus really does ask these penetrating questions. He says we really are sinful, we're really sinful to the heart, and how we talk reflects our sinfulness. But Jesus does it in a redemption mode. So it's like, okay, I'm going to tell you that you're sinning, but I'm also going, but I love you so much I'll die for you, and you'll feel safe In talking about this openly. What we have with woke culture is Jesus's magnifying glass for sin without Jesus's magnifying glass for love. And in a situation like that, they're going to accuse, 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 and we're going to deny, 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 Um, and then we'll just get more and more polarized. If we had a a racially united Christian church, we would have a united nation, Um, but we don't, So our division becomes their division, and I think it really the the national division stays intact until the Christian division is healed.
3: Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance. More to come. Stay close on today's edition of The Ride Home.
4: Have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm, phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type two diabetes, so I'm getting dean just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou. 800- 800 2085 Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085.
9: Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Ilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the fall sales event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup including the 2019 equinox all month long you can qualify for zero percent apr financing for up to 60 months plus plus 750 dollars bonus cash on select models check them out at Calusi.com.
4: find new roads at Calusi chevrolet what you want is awesome new flooring at a great price what you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it without home flooring you won't have to At Home Flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh Homes with top quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop at home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit
0: athomeflooringpgh.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the oneplace.com app. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as
4: a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal, so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at salemmedia.com careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer.
1: Jared Boyers with us, editor of Town Hall Finance We've been talking about uh, Jesus and social justice And court jesters and comedians So, Jared, I, I guess it begs the question Kath and I was talking about what We're watching how we're engaging the world as believers What's in your queue? Are, are you an active uh, viewer of Netflix and Prime and all that?
7: Yeah yeah, we we do our, our our share of what you know what I what I call watching trash. Um <laughs> You know, uh, we work really hard yeah. uh, mentally. There's a lot of computer programming. There's a lot of creating algorithms and doing complex mathematical analysis. And when it gets to be around 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night, I'm I dying. can't handle much more. Right. right? So yeah. we'll just put we'll just binge watch something. Um, so we watch kind of the way people watch now. You know, a, a lot of Netflix, a lot of HBO Go, some Hulu, that sort of thing. Right. Okay. And, so, and yes, a lot of Amazon Prime.
3: OK, so what do you like?
7: Well, you know, it's funny. Um, Susan and I were just talking about this. There's a genre that we like that's a really odd genre. And I don't know if people are even going to know what I'm talking about um, for films I'm talking about. Uh, And that is riff tracks. Um, Do you know what I mean by riff tracks? No, tell us. Okay. Riff tracks. Do you remember um, there used to be a show called MST3K, Mystery Science Theater? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So that crew, they kind of spun off and now they do standalones you can get them on Amazon Prime and so for people who are imagine have you ever had a saturday afternoon where you're watching you know some really cheesy horror movie mm-hmm. like around here you know my old friend Bill Cardell used yeah, to do yeah. Chili Billy Theater right Loved it. and you're watching Chili Billy Theater and you and your friends are making fun of the movie while you're watching it, sure. right? And it's, it's a lot of fun. So these, that's what these guys do. There's, there's three or four guys, uh, uh, but also there's, there's a, a women's version, and sometimes they're, they mix with each other and everything. And what they do is they watch cheesy movies like Plan 9 from Outer Space, and they just crack jokes about it. They make fun of it they, um, because these are really terrible movies. And that's called Riff Tracks. And one of the things they do, they have a, they have a clever idea. Instead of getting permission to, you know, to get this cheesy movie, they'll do like the big blockbuster movies and they, they have an audio and you can download the audio and just play it while you watch you know, one of the Star <laughs> Wars movies or something like that. Oh, yeah. And it's really clever. And it's really funny. And these people are taking themselves so seriously with these movies. Um, and these guys are not taking it seriously at all. That is now our go-to trash watch. <laughs> um, not trash like it's not cultural garbage. It's yeah. not unwholesome, but trash watch fun stuff is riff tracks or mst3k
1: oh i love it so you're just blown off steam you know having fun watching some weird movies
7: yeah right um and uh, we also will you know we'll sort of get into a series from time to time um like right now we're watching hbo's succession which is basically a barely fictionalized version of the story of the family behind fox news Oh, um, and right. it's definitely hostile to my conservative point of view but you know what it's okay yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't freak me out if someone's you know I, I i don't get triggered or anything like that uh so um it's uh it's well done it's artistically uh well done so uh and I think we ought to watch stuff like that. I if, it's, if it's well done, I think yes, we should watch it, and it's not always going to be Christian TV or whatever.
1: Right. This past week, Kath and I, uh, she turned me on to a, a movie that I saw years ago called The Lives of Others, which is about oh, the, st- the Stasi. It's such a good movie. Oh. Fabulous film, right? And so it gives you a whole different perspective, and quite honestly, watching that film, how can you ever complain about where you are in this country?
7: Oh, I agree. And The Lives of Others is terrific. Um, our son, Christopher, our oldest, uh, turned us on to that film, and that is just so Fabulous. good. Um, and uh, I, I think that there's, there's some really great stuff out there. That's not done from a Christian point of view, but it's done from a human dignity point of oh, view. Yeah. You know, there's another film. My wife and I watched Cavalry. *Christian Calvary.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Loved it. What
7: an, inc- what an incredible Christian film, yeah. and I don't mean Christian film like, you know. Um, Kirk Cameron. Like, like, but yeah, exactly. Kirk's a friend of mine. I like him, but... I like some of these other movies so right? You yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell them, you know. Um, uh, you know, I like some of these movies too that are maybe a little bit more artistic, a little bit more art house, and right. that is a terrific Christian film. Very hard, though. Yeah, heartbreaking, you know. But but, but pr- profoundly powerful and truthful.
1: Hey, Jerry, have you watched the uh, the Bill Gates documentary on Netflix?
3: Not yet, but it's in my queue. Oh my gosh. It is so. Like it?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. Terrific. Three parters. about it's, fifty minutes each.
3: It's a couple of the things are so beautiful that I, I just I pray for that man that he is found by God because what a, what an unbelievable gift he has. Yeah,
1: I think you'll enjoy both.
3: He might be.
7: I mean, he's. I think he's attending um, church with. Uh with his wife, isn't he? I think he's been attending. For a I had of years heard
1: now. that as well, right? But then I was talking to somebody from CMU and they were going. We brought him in, and oh, you know, and the, he, yeah, he's a humanist. He's, he's a humanist but uh, I mean, look oh. at the series itself; it's a fabulous it's, series. Um, hey, so he's, a humanist,
7: he's a humanist who goes to church, and there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of people who don't believe, and they go to church, and there are a lot of people who do believe and don't go to church. Isn't yep. that interesting? Yeah,
1: Jerry, thanks enough a lot. Always a great pleasure to speak to you, my friend,
7: and a pleasure to speak with you,
1: Jerry Boyer, editor of Town Hall Finance. Just love him.
5: that
10: changes the world.
5: 101.5 WORDFM,
7: Pittsburgh,
10: a service of Salem Media Group.
7: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A volatile day on Capitol Hill where Democrats are pressing for impeachment of President Trump. The acting director of national intelligence is defending his initial decision to not share a whistleblower complaint at the center of an impeachment
6: inquiry with Congress. Joseph McGuire says he made the decision not to send the complaint to Congress after White House counsel cited executive privilege. Chairman Adam Schiff.
0: You would concur, would you not, director, that this complaint alleging serious wrongdoing by the president was credible? It's not for me to judge, sir. The, what my, my it, is you to, it is for you to judge, apparently. I mean, I, I agree it's not for you to judge. You shall provide it to Congress, but, but indeed you did judge.
6: McGuire reiterated he chose not to share the complaint with Congress because the target, the president, was not a member of the intelligence community or an agency under McGuire's control.
13: Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. This is
5: SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet. Serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years.
0: If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help.
10: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed.
2: It's
0: not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit
1: score.
10: So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow.
1: Are you ready to
0: pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps.
10: If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll free number for a free, no obligation debt analysis.
0: Call 1 800 990 5496. 1 800 990 5496. That's 1 800 990 5496. Since 1979, Chuck
6: Swindoll has been recognized around the world for his clear Bible teaching, his joyful spirit, and warm expression of God's grace. All this, of course, through the Heritage Radio program known as Insight for Living. But today, This 40-year nonprofit ministry has experienced a challenging financial deficit. Many have personally benefited but have never given. Please prayerfully consider making a generous donation today by calling 800-772-8888
14: or give online at insight.org slash donate. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers.
10: CBS Tonight. Get ready for some remarkably funny women.
2: Awesome! Alice and
10: Janney and Anna Ferris have got each other's back in the season premiere of Mom. Why couldn't you just tell me no? I was trying to be supportive. It'll never happen again. Then Emmy winner Patricia Keaton returns to CBS. I'm so excited! In a new comedy about starting over.
9: You're that intern.
10: Yes, I'm the old intern. <laughs> the series premiere of Carol's second act after the season Premier premiere of Mom CBS Tonight.
4: From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at TrinityJewelers.com.
11: Mainly clear and turning cooler tonight. The low going down to 46. Tomorrow, a nice day with some sunshine. High 78, some patchy clouds tomorrow night. Milder, low 62. Then a very warm and humid day for Saturday with clouds and sunshine. A shower or thunderstorm will be in some spots for the afternoon or evening. Saturday's high, 87 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts,
1: John Hall and Kathy Emmon. Okay. So now we're talking about whistleblowers, yep. impeachment, secret phone calls, mm-hmm. cover-up. All, all sorts of things are happening uh, in Washington, D.C. right now. And uh, Greg Klug's going to be with us from the White House, SRN News White House correspondent about 540 today to bring us more up to date with that. But uh, what a day.
3: Yeah, it's been quite a day. The last two days, in fact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's not forget that five days ago, uh, Democrats wanted to impeach Brett Kavanaugh. Well, right. nobody's thinking about Brett Kavanaugh no, no, now. It's in because, the rearview mirror. Right, exactly, because now we have a bigger fish, right, that we can get. Um as we started the show today, I urged uh, people who were listening at that time to go online and read the whistleblower complaint yourself. I think one of the problems we have is that we determine our opinion about something based on the voices, the opinion voices that we're used to. So if we read that guy in the Wall Street Journal, I like that guy in Fox News or this guy, woman on MB, MSNBC, I'm going to think whatever she thinks. Sure, we nod our head. Right, and I think um, we can do better than that. I think we can go to the original source material, read it, and decide what we think.
1: It takes more time. It does take more time. A lot more, more thought time.
3: process. Um, but we try to do that here so that we can give you something that's not, that's kind of, it's just our opinion uh, based on it. I, I am persuaded that the whistleblower complaint is a much bigger deal today than I thought it was yesterday.
1: I do. Okay, so the whistleblower's complaint accuses the president of using his office to get Ukraine to help the reelection and then cover it up. Right. The whistleblower apparently is a CIA officer who was detailed to work at the White House. Apparently today in a series of tweets, the president was upset about the whistleblower. There were some threats apparently on Twitter today. And the acting intelligence chief of the United States has defended the whistleblower, calling the complaint totally unprecedented. Nancy Pelosi has accused the president and the White House of covering up the whole matter. And that's where we are right now. Hearings were held today, and I'm sure we are not even inching close. No, not we are running uh, towards uh, hurdling. Yes, impeachment hearings very very yeah. soon.
3: So uh, I think just to break it down quickly, I'll tell you a couple things I think are different between yesterday and today, and then I'll tell you a couple things that I'm kind of just thinking about, um, questions I'm asking. So uh, the first thing that's different about today. After reading the whistleblower complaint is that the whistleblower alleges that there are multiple people who heard the phone conversation between the president of Ukraine and the president of the United States and were disturbed greatly by it.
1: Right. So the whistleblower complaint starts out like this. And I'll read a quote, quote, in the course of my duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials That the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. That begins the explosive criminal complaint drafted by the American intelligence officer released by the House Intelligence Committee Today,
3: The whistleblower says that over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort. So the first thing I was persuaded of is certainly by reading this, you get the impression that it's not one guy who listened to one thing and started to freak out. It's a bunch of people who said, whoa, there's something wrong here.
1: And then one by one, those bunches of people went forward and talked to The future whistleblower because of his experience in foreign relations and specifically with Ukraine.
3: I think it's important to note that the whistleblower is not one of the people that heard the conversation. Right. Okay, so he was not there. He's kind of the funnel. For all of these people giving their opinion. It's
1: his duty to, if he does hear or see things that are untoward, then to step forward.
3: The second thing that we know today, according to this, and by no, I'm putting that in air quotes because this is what is being alleged by the whistleblower complaint, is that once the phone call was finished, that it was categorized um, digitally into a place where only national security phone conversations are supposed to go. So it's a top-secret classification, and it's only top-secret to preserve the interests of the United States. So putting something that is potentially dangerous to you politically, it doesn't belong there. It shouldn't go there, but it went there. And it specifically went there and not for the first time, that there were other conversations that President Trump had had, and those were also transferred by White House attorneys into that national security alone classification.
1: So today, as all this was going on on Capitol Hill, the White House— Officials at the White House dismissed the significance of this whistleblower's document. They say, quote, this, quote, nothing has changed with the release of this complaint, which is nothing more than a collection of third-hand accounts of events and cobbled together press clippings, all of which show nothing improper. So says Stephanie Grisham, who is the press press secretary. She said also the White House will continue to push back on the hysteria and false narratives being peddled by Democrats and many in the mainstream media.
3: And you can't deny that. it It is hysterical. It is hysterical. The crisis mentality is just at fever pitch. And that's why we read this in the context of the larger picture, which is that the Democratic Party has been, after the president, from the very beginning for one thing or another. And they've come up short each and every time. So... As important as this sounds to me, as I read it, I also hear it in this, you know, a in the larger litany. vortex of, oh, my gosh, we have to get rid of this guy. And so it makes me wonder if I can trust it. That's, that's what I agree. me I, that, That's I don't a know.
1: fairly even side of, I don't bo- know of what what's to happening today I don't in what D.C., to right? Okay,
3: so let me ask you this, John. The, so uh, I bet a full 25%, 25 to 33% of this document has to do with Rudy Giuliani, who is the personal lawyer for uh, the president president. and his uh, involvement in this, his travel to Spain to meet with one on one with a representative of President Zelensky of Ukraine. And I just wonder if there are other administrations where your personal lawyer is that involved in relations between countries like something about that. Just seems, but I'm saying, I'm asking the question. It's a good question. I don't, and I don't know. know the I don't know. Because, so then I started thinking, President Obama, Valerie Jarrett was a shadowy figure in the Obama White House.
1: She was not the person, she was not the president's lawyer.
3: She wasn't. She was the special, what was her name? I think she was special advisor, I think is what they called
1: her. That's a catch-all.
3: He said, uh, and I was looking at quotes from President Obama today, that before and after he made any major policy decision he ran it past valerie jarrett mm-hmm. now valerie jarrett was never elected also so she's just she's a friend but she's you have, some, advisors. You have advisors advisors right you have advisors but she wielded a tremendous amount of power right. over the presidency without us really knowing about it so my question is and I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as i can is giuliani to trump like valerie jarrett to obama no
1: i, I don't think so I think there's a totally different power structure in place. I really do. Just the fact that Giuliani is Giuliani. I mean, well, Giuliani personality-wise, you got a big difference. Well, Giuliani was the hero of 9/11. He was. I mean, seriously, he was in the midst of all that war. That, that steady man. hand was yep. incredible, and his continued presence on the national and international stage—he is a very known figure. This is—that's the troubling thing for me. I think in, in all this is that as the president was having a phone call with the newly elected president of Ukraine, that you know he tipped his hand the president did and said well my personal lawyer will be in touch shortly and then just a few days later after that phone call the president's lawyer flew to Madrid Spain to have a one-on-one with representatives of the president of Ukraine that to me seems untoward it seems
3: weird It, it does so but then I have to ask the question do other presidents do that
1: I don't know about that I don't I can't answer that It just seems interesting that the president's personal lawyer would do international business with a third party. And just a few days earlier, there'd been a conversation about, can you help us? We'll help you. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Believe me, if Giuliani, when he traveled to Madrid, at some point in these impeachment hearings, when these happen, and I believe truly that they will happen very soon, those conversations, those meetings procured documents from those meetings will be held forth. They'll be called on. Mm -hmm. People will want to see those, what was said, what was done. Something was, you know, exchanged there. Personal documents were exchanged. We'll want to see those. The notes, whatever happened.
3: And from my perspective, Giuliani is not a good spokesperson for the president. I don't no, know if anybody not. watches him not. on cable TV, but well, just he the might, fact that he's on cable TV. Right. It's just, it's too, it, it's just way too much. So, so
1: so we're like you. Yeah. Right. I don't mean, know. This torrent of information that has come upon us. And, you know, you want the truth to come out. At the same time, I personally, and I think most people, whether you love him or hate him, you want the president to succeed. Right. Because You, you want you, America right. to be first. Right. I do that's where i stand so where's the truth how does this work out and is this is just politics as usual where the democrats are going to do anything to impeach this guy regardless with sights ahead or is the president so desperate he's willing to talk to people outside of the government and try to you know rig something for his personal gain?
3: it's not what he was really asking. i don't know
1: but that's the questions two sides of this very complex Okay, we're going to switch gears. This is politics. You know what? Politics as a, as a believer. It's rough. It isn't breaks it? my heart. I know. It makes it so difficult. Gosh. We're going to talk about rural America next. Switching gears here. The ride home with John and Kathy on Word FM, WPIT Radio.
5: 101.5 WORD.
6: Every day we face the temptation to live only in the moment. But this week, Alistair Begg reminds us we need to live each day in light of God's coming kingdom. Hear practical biblical lessons Monday through Friday on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD.
12: Tired of opening your closet and never finding what you want to wear? We can help. Stitch Fix is a personal styling service that matches you with your own stylist. Someone who listens to what you love and delivers the best clothes for you right to your door. It starts with a simple profile you create in just minutes. Browse through different styles and share notes with your stylist about what you love, what you'd rather avoid, and what you can't live without. For a small $20 styling fee, your clothes are hand-selected for you based on your profile and then delivered to you so you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Pay only for what you keep and send everything else back. Plus, the styling fee is applied to what you keep and shipping returns and exchanges are always free. With Stitch Fix, you'll get to discover new styles, new brands, and new looks you might not be able to find anywhere else. And everything is hand selected to fit your unique shape and your budget. Discover the stylist and styles that work for you at StitchFix.com. Personal styling for women, men, and kids. StitchFix.com, personal styling for everybody.
4: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org
1: At ExtremeTruck.net,
4: put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal, so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com/careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media. Group is an equal opportunity employer.
1: You drive, you know, ten or fifteen minutes out of any major city in the in this United States, and you'll find yourself in, you know, what we would call country. The country. I mean, how many millions and millions of people in Washington D.C. or Hollywood? They would call it the flyover states. Right. But the fact of the matter is, it, it's still, I believe is the backbone of this country, and more often than not, they are ignored uh, politically, economically, socially, those people who live in rural America. April Lawson is with us. April is the Associate Director of WEAVE, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute, here today to talk to us about rural America. April, welcome back to the show. How are you? Thanks.
15: I'm good. It's great to be back. Always I good. I hope you both well. Yeah, we're
3: both well, April. And, you know, you've brought up something I think is interesting, and I've considered it before, that when we talk about rural America, we tend to talk about it like it's one, you know, mono group of people who are pretty much all the same.
15: Exactly. Exactly. And I think everybody has, you know, like one or two pictures in their heads of who a rural American, or at least the media seems to have one or two pictures. And it's always like, you know, a white guy who's either a farmer or an out-of-work manufacturing person. And like... It turns out that rural America is just as diverse as any other part of the country, and to group it all together is, is <laughs> really kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and and so I I spent the morning at uh, a presentation by the American Communities Project, just funded by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and they've just come out with this uh, really good report on rural America and all the different things that that can mean. And so they've uh the the first thing to say is just what we we've just been saying that it's it's really many different kinds of communities and so for example on the the point about race uh, they analyzed about two thousand rural counties and a quarter of those are more diverse than the national average like they have on the the numbers show that they have more immigrants and more people of color hmm. than the national average um Another thing that came through is that so and actually an example of that. Um, I'm from Kansas, so I <laughs> I have a, a sure a vested interest, right? One sure. of there, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a place in southwest Kansas called Garden City, which is uh, definitely majority minority. refugees, very significant population from when there were a lot of Somalian refugees uh, a decade or so ago. And you know, people just make it work. Um, and then there's, of course, the uh, the what is sometimes called the black belt, which is the African American South. And I think a lot of people in cities don't realize that uh, the they think of you know African Americans as people who live in inner cities, when in fact um, there are uh, let's see, it looks like about 300 rural counties from all the way from Maryland to Texas that are primarily African American and. Mm-hmm that group is not, um, has some of the lowest, uh, you know, education levels, healthcare levels. There's, there's some, some serious challenges there, high child poverty, that sort of thing. But I think it's just, you know, it's again, not what people think of. Um, and then of course there's, uh, one of the things that I found interesting about this report is that, so at Weave we study what makes communities strong and for different kinds of places, it's different things. Mm -hmm. So, um, For example, uh, there are a lot of rural Hispanic communities that, again, I think people don't remember are there, and also a lot of rural Mormon communities. And both of those groups have really um, strong—have actually much better uh, sort of community life than— with the rest of the country, whether that's rural or urban.
11: Okay, now
3: that is interesting that you bring that up. I just finished a book recently um, by Richard Grant. He's a travel writer, but he he wrote a book called Dispatches from Pluto, and it's about his move, if you can believe this, from living in Manhattan to living in the Mississippi Delta. And oh, it, it's like it's like it, it, he went through such a crazy change of environment, circumstance, finance, mm-hmm food everything moving from one to the other but it's a fascinating chronicle of how he was able to enter into the community but also observe it at the same time as an outsider and the number one thing he noticed is that people of different races get along a lot better in community than he ever Mm -hmm. heard from when he was living in manhattan Mm-hmm. Totally. Also,
15: I love how much you read, Kathy. I feel like every time I come on, you bring up a book you've been reading.
3: Wonderful. <laughs> I'm trying, to, yeah, I'm trying think... to keep up with you, April.
15: <laughs> Hardly. <laughs> I think that, you know, when people actually live together, and also, you know, in, in so there was a panel and uh, with different mayors and people from different counties, and um, for basically all of them, they know everybody, right? And when right. you live in a place where you actually know everybody the it's just the idea that you're going to not talk to somebody I I mean now I don't want to minimize anything clearly racial divisions are real. right and there were and
3: there were significant ones that he chronicles in the book I'm not trying to paint it like it's just a you know it's a it's a a thing of beauty all the time I'm just saying it's different than the perspective we get and I know Pittsburgh is kind of seen as Midwestern but I think in a lot of ways the whole country is taken up because our media is centered in New York and LA Mm -hmm. Um, and so Mm -hmm. our lens we see race relations from truly is the Manhattan perspective and not the Mississippi Delta perspective.
15: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is just different. I think that the, um, you know, like I said, it's uh, a quarter of these counties are more diverse than average. And uh, there's, there are places like Alaska is particularly interesting. Um, Anchorage, Alaska is, by some measures, the most diverse county in the whole country. Really? And people are shocked by that. Sorry, what do really? you say? Yeah, yeah, because they have, it's interesting, they have um, Latino immigrants, African Americans, and then also, because there's a lot of military and oil industry there, people just come from all over the place. So Asian immigrants, um, a lot of Native Americans. uh, So it's, yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, Houston is another very diverse place, but people are more used to that. Uh,
1: April Lawson is with us. She's the Associate Director of Weave, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. So, these communities, these rural communities, April, uh, for people who live in the city, we're sort of, we we do them a disservice, don't we?
15: Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) One of the reasons I think this report is so important is that not only do people talk about rural America as though it's one thing, but often that's in the context of like, how do we fix rural America, right? There's this narrative, particularly after the 2016 election of, oh, rural America is dying, we need to fix it. And really, I think that in a lot of, uh, a lot of aspects of rural America are doing better than the cities, again, particularly with regard to community, also religion. And yeah, I think we have a lot to learn from them.
1: Excellent. Hey, April, before you leave us, talk, talk to us about WEAVE. What exactly do you do?
15: Yeah, so WEAVE, the Social Fabric Project, is all about figuring out uh, how do we make America a country that's really about community, again, because, and how do we take, you know, it's It's interesting because a lot of our big social problems actually come from disconnection. So that's, you know, people don't understand people who are different than them. People are straight up isolated. That's why there's rising suicide rates and mental health problems and all that. And, but everywhere you go, there are people who are fixing those problems and we call those people weavers and we love them. And they're the people who who make the world go round. And our job is basically to lift those people up and help people um, help the rest of America see them. And hopefully then, we will all move to a lifestyle that's a little more like that.
1: Fabulous. We'll keep doing it because we need more of that, don't we? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. April Lawson, thanks an awful lot. Associate Director of Weave, the Social Fabric Project at the Aspen Institute. Replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters, and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no pressure approach, no hidden fees, and One of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com.
4: Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature executive minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizan. Dr. Tizan's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu.
3: Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider LifeSteps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call LifeSteps today at 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. That's LifeSteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal
10: opportunity employer. CBS Tonight. Get ready for some remarkably funny women.
2: Awesome!
10: Allison Janney and Anna Faris have got each other's back in the season premiere of Mom. Why couldn't you just tell me no? I was trying to be supportive. It'll never happen again. Then Emmy winner Patricia Keaton returns to CBS. I'm so excited! In a new comedy about starting over.
9: You're that intern.
10: Yes, I'm the old intern. The series premiere of Carol's second act after the season premiere of
5: Mom, CBS Tonight. What are you doing to enhance your marriage?
10: We want to be on the same
13: page. Even when that gets tough.
5: Family Life's Weekend to Remember. It
11: was one of, like, the best weekends ever.
9: We just want to soak in all this knowledge. It's fun.
2: Practical. No.
5: The Weekend to Remember is coming to the Pittsburgh Marriott North November 1st and the 8th.
3: Just do it because you're going to get something good out of this. Wow, this is really making a difference.
5: Take your marriage from good to great. Visit WeekendToRemember.com.
11: Mainly clear and turning cooler tonight. The low going down to 46. Tomorrow, a nice day with some sunshine. High 78, some patchy clouds tomorrow night. Milder, low 62, then a very warm and humid day for Saturday with clouds and sunshine. A shower or thunderstorm will be in some spots for the afternoon or evening. Saturday's high, 87 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
2: Hey,
3: Walruses can be dangerous, people. You think. Yes. Listen.
1: They look powerful.
3: Listen, CBS News reports today that scientists were aboard a Russian Navy tugboat mm-hmm. known as the Altai. They were on an expedition to the Franz Josef Land Archipelago in the Arctic Ocean this week. Nice. Russian okay. scientists on a exactly. tugboat. Exactly. Exactly. So, like the so they're doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, there were a couple of <laughs> Russians you know, on a tugboat. Um, and then Joe Biden showed up. No. Okay. They boarded a small rubber landing craft and they were going to the shore. So they mm-hmm. left their tugboat out a certain way sure, as to you go would, on to as you would do, right. right? Um and you would get in your little rush, your little rubber thing and then you would go into and into land. The dinghy. Well, on route to the shore to their interesting potentially interesting study of flora and fauna,
2: mm-hmm.
3: a female walrus attacked them. Wait. And sunk the vessel. What? <laughs> what? Gone
1: really Gone. wait wait not the tugboat but the dinghy
3: exactly i mean it was it's it's it, it's larger than a dinghy sure it it's not like a little thing where you got one guy you know no, holding no. the outboard it probably at, holds no no
1: 10 people right or, so. or
3: maybe even 20 people
1: holy smokes so a walrus what bit into this thing
3: the it, all it says is that the walrus the female walrus was protecting its cubs and attacked an expedition boat um after The mother walrus saw the Russian military flying a drone above a group of walruses on a nearby beach to take scientific photographs. So the mom walrus got spooked, did not like drones. And don't you want to stand up for her because who likes a drone? Really? I mean, none of us like that. Um, And she got so hacked off that she saw that boat and she was like, I am taking you down. That's what she did. Ooh,
1: that's a walrus. Mm -hmm. Anybody hurt? The the
3: Russian military did not give any... (laughs) details about who was hurt, how it happened, mm. anything like that, because they don't want to, of course, acknowledge their military vulnerabilities, especially when we're talking right. about a walrus. But these
1: were scientists on an expedition. Right. Not but necessarily a, the you know the Russian army.
3: No, but it's a but it's a it's a Russian it's a Russian governmental boat.
1: Right. I mean it's a little rubber yellow boat. You know,
3: okay. First off, there's no photograph. So mm-hmm. we actually don't know that it's a little rubber boat. I mean knowing the history of Russia and how they communicate their foibles to the public it could have been a 30foot you <laughs> it could have know been an aircraft carrier Exactly. very good point well
1: we know you're right about now that.
3: listen according to National Geographic walruses near the Arctic Circle can weigh in at one and a half tons Wow.
1: fabulous okay so this is a big Boom. this is That's a, a big, lot of blubber a big mama mm-hmm. um,
3: they can reach up to 11 and a half feet long nice. twice the size of a human.
1: Oh, that, that's intimidating. do you imagine seeing Listen, that? Listen,
3: I had a friend who went had to the ga- went to the Galapagos Islands. Oh, yeah. And he was a kid and he went with his family and his brother saw a walrus and his brother decided to be a stupid American kid and go up and kind of, you know. Try to
1: pet it? No, taunt. Oh, jeez.
3: Listen, he said, li- he said, I'm not kidding you when I'm telling you that I almost watched my brother die. I bet. Because he said walruses move incredibly fast yeah, on, yeah. The, on the on land. I'm sure they move fast in the water, too, but he said they didn't expect how fast it would move on land.
1: Right. so you go to the Galapagos Islands.
3: Right, to be like this responsible American family that cares about the history of the earth Some and the environment. Kid. And your kid ends up haunting a walrus. Right, okay.
1: Hey, before uh, – okay, I wanted to – Looking at the mailbox here today, oh, something came our in. Our mailbox, yeah. This concerns you. We've just got a couple of minutes, but listen to this. Uh, this is from Sandy. Sandy says this. Um, hello, I listen to you occasionally, and like your show. A couple of weeks ago, Kathy, Kathy sadly brought to my attention the word "ama." Amana, amana, as in I am going to go wash my car.
3: U m m i n a. Amana,
1: or I am going to pray for you. <laughs> I was horrified at this introduction as I suddenly became aware that I use it too. And since since the segment aired, I catch myself using it several times a day. No, I'm trying desperately to stop. Mm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Thank you for calling this incorrigible word to a level of consciousness mm-hmm. I can no longer ignore. Any suggestions on how to stop would be really appreciated. Thanks for your show. You're all great. Thank
3: I've you. I've got nothing for you. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I heard about it. I still keep doing it.
1: No, no, but you had the post-it note in front of you.
3: It's still happening. I had the post-it note Mm. in front of me on the air because I'm trying to be a broadcast professional. Right. What happens when I'm at home and it's 10:30 p.m. Still pops out. I'm gonna go get something to drink.
1: Maybe you need like a little pin, like you know, like a you can manufacture just a little pin with the word "I'm gonna." on it
3: yeah like with, that, with a line you. through it right like stop it mm-hmm. now my family we're all on each other about it so this I'm is this they all is, say it together yeah, we're, no we're all trying to ha- help each other to stop saying it okay but the problem is that we're bad
1: yes you are i'm gonna i'm gonna leave now I, i'm and, gonna go take a break okay and uh, we're gonna go to the white house greg clarkson uh-huh. joins us from srn news in just a few minutes the latest on president trump joe biden impeachment and all that jazz
12: the one point five W O R D.
6: Getting ready for the big Word FM Mercy Me concert October fourth with a Mercy Me spotlight weekend. Mercy Me, Mercy Me, I really like a lot. Hear all their biggest hits all weekend long. And Sunday afternoon, win their music and concert tickets too. I'm so excited. We're giving away tickets to see Mercy Me at PPG Paints Arena, Mercy Me CDs, and a Mercy Me music library.
11: Just tune in, listen.
6: Mercy Me in the spotlight and Mercy Me giveaways
1: on Sunday.
6: Brought to you by Nello Construction and Trinity Jewelers on 101.5
1: WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, My Pillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all My Pillows. That's right, buy one My Pillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all My Pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's My Pillows way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all My Pillow products including the buy one get one free for all My Pillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Nello
4: is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com.
0: One of your favorite programs is facing a financial deadline and chuck swindoll needs to hear from you
1: you have my word every dollar you donate to insight for living ministries is stewarded with utmost care can i count on you to do your part to
0: respond to the urgent need at insight for living give a donation right now call 800-772-8888 or go online to Insight.org.
14: We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention, so many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com, SurroundPittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new
1: customers. Greg Clarkson is with us from SRN News, where he is the White House correspondent. We're checking in today about the breaking news happening in D.C. about the CIA, the whistleblower, President Trump's impeachment. Greg, that's a lot to juggle in today's news, isn't it?
13: Hi John, hi Kathy. Yeah, there's a lot going on and it's been a very dizzying uh, week of fast-paced activity here in Washington. We had uh within the last 30 hours or so, essentially two documents come out uh from from the US government. We had from the White House yesterday as we talked about this this letter, this uh, it wasn't a letter, it was really a, a summary, a rough transcript of the phone call that President Trump had in July with the Ukrainian president. And then today we had a document uh, that was a previously classified document. It's the complaint from the whistleblower from within the intelligence community that makes the uh, allegations of potential wrongdoing against President Trump regarding that phone call and other activities taken by the White House. And so there were hearings on Capitol Hill that had the director of national intelligence, talking about all of this information today. So it's been a fast-paced, uh, as I mentioned, couple of days. What's interesting is the hearing today was not an impeachment hearing, even though an impeachment inquiry is now formally underway in the House. Uh, it was really talking more about process and why this whistleblower complaint was delayed in, in being presented to Congress, which has a rightful oversight of this kind of information.
3: So the Acting Director of National Intelligence is Joseph McGuire, and so as he testified today, talk about what the exchange was like.
13: Right. Uh, There were a lot of questions as to why the whistleblower complaint was not immediately turned over to Congress uh, and the Intelligence committees, and what the Acting Director of National Intelligence said. McGuire said, He was in kind of a bind because he was looking at what the statute says in terms of how the statute applies to members of the intelligence community, and the complaint was about the President of the United States, not a. An actual member of the intelligence community, some would argue that he 's the head of the intelligence community as the president and the and the chief of the executive branch uh, and But the acting DNI was only on the job a few days when this complaint came across oh. his desk Holy smokes. I mean Dan Coates just left you know at the beginning of August, and a couple you know uh, with i think that on the fourteenth thirteenth or fourteenth McGuire takes over. And then a few days later, he he gets this uh, presented to him. So what's interesting is, first of all, when you look at the at the whistleblower complaint, which was made public at about 9:45 this morning, uh, essentially this unnamed individual who was the whistleblower says that the White House uh, uh, that that the president was essentially in that phone call trying to pressure. Uh, and And use his power of the presidency uh, in in a way that was uh, was not right in the eyes of the whistleblower, but then went on to say that the White House tried to lock down information about that call mm-hmm. by placing notes and transcripts of the call in a separate computer system than it is normally done, and that there were talks among White House officials about how not to let that information get out, presumably because even White House officials knew that the conversation might be
1: problematic. So, Greg, the timeline or the, the sort of flow of what happens is the president makes a phone call or the, the, it's unknown who made the call to whom. But the president is on the line with the president of Ukraine. They have a conversation, some pleasantries are exchanged, and then, in the details of the transcript, the president supposedly makes a prid quo pro. Um, you know, offer, hey, you do this, we'll do that. The phone call is ended. But while the phone call was happening, any number of people listening to the phone call as well, taking notes, an official sort of transcript is already in place. The president is accused of burying that someplace within the cyber system, within the White House, until the whistleblower comes forth a month or so later and says, hey, something's not right here. Is that basically it?
13: Yeah, the whistleblower complaint was uh is dated August 12th, I believe. So this would have been within a couple of weeks uh after the phone call. Um, at least the, the letter that's dated, uh, the letter that's written to members of Congress, the chairs of the House and the Senate Intelligence Committees, was dated August 12th. I see. And this phone call took place on the 25th of July. But it's pretty so,
1: common, Greg. I'm sorry. It's pretty common that in any number of people, six, yes. eight, ten people, listen to the president's phone calls.
13: That's right. That's right. And as we talked about, I think, maybe yesterday, um, it's common because you have experts within any administration and National Security Council and State Department and the intelligence community that deal with different parts and regions of the world. So if you're talking to a leader of Ukraine in Eastern Europe, you're going to have Eastern European experts who are on the administration staff um, often as a part of listening in on those phone conversations.
1: So then this whistleblower, he was on the line because he was uh, somewhat of an expert on you Ukraine okay, and wh- part of the CIA.
13: Uh- not exactly, because this is, this is also what we learned in the whistleblower complaint document today. The whistleblower writes, I was not a direct witness mm-hmm. to most of the events described. However, I found my colleagues' accounts of these events to be credible. More than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort regarding the cover-up and, and the efforts on Ukraine.
3: Right, which, is, which I think are one of the two things that we know today that we didn't know yesterday after just reading the transcript. Yep. So it seems to me that the first thing we know is that according to the whistleblower, he says over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me as various facts related to the fact that the president of the U.S. is using the power of his office to get interference from a foreign country into the U.S. elections. So he's saying that more than six people have contact, or more than, yeah, more than six people have told him that they believe this is what's happening. But the second thing we know is what you alluded to before, which is the fact that the White House lawyer are the ones that decided to try to hide this conversation in a top secret um, computerized classification, which would not, which would only be normally for national security related items, not public record.
13: That's that's right. So we, th- those are two key facts. What's interesting about the acknowledgement by the whistleblower about not being a direct witness to, for example, the phone call and some of these other events inside inside the White House complex. Uh, That's obviously being um, taken up by a lot of the allies of of President Trump and saying, well, this is, you know, these are just second- and third-hand stories. Even the White House press secretary put out a statement that was saying that they've just cobbled together these uh, accounts that can't be trusted. And the president uh, just got back here to the White House this afternoon from uh, several days in New York at the United Nations, and he was lashing out at how the Democrats are doing a terrible thing. It's very disgraceful. And he, again, was defending his own behavior in that phone call and insisting that he, in fact, did not apply pressure unduly okay.
3: to the Ukrainian leader. Right. So and if that's the case, and by the way, we're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. If that's the case, then it begs the question, why are the White House lawyers trying to put this in a computerized location that's only reserved for national security concerns?
13: Sure, that that is a question. Of course, it, it remains an allegation at this point, um, but it does beg the question uh, as as to why. And when we when we talk about the fact that this whistleblower was not a first person uh, witness to this, it's also interesting to note that this information about describing that phone call came out obviously before yesterday. I mean, th- the complaint was filed uh, more than a month ago. And we just learned yesterday when we saw that rough transcript come out from the White House and the transcript and what the whistleblower said happened in that phone call essentially line up. So those those other U.S. officials that were informing the whistleblower did have uh, what appears to be mostly correct access to that Ukraine phone call in the first place.
1: So hearings took place today. Of course, everyone's speaking both sides, Democrat, Republican. What happens now?
13: Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, it's not entirely clear in terms of of how the House Intelligence Committee might move forward, because there seemingly are any number of people that could be interviewed or should be interviewed or should be forced to testify publicly about what they knew or what their involvement may be because there are any number of people inside the white house that presumably knew about and and were involved in efforts to possibly hide or move this information to a different computer system uh, that was one of the lines of questioning that the uh, the acting intelligence director today didn't really respond to in terms of well if uh... he was basically asked do you believe that that these these matters should be investigated further because the Justice Department said there is no criminal probe uh, worthy here. And Mm -hmm. so the Justice Department isn't going to do it. And so the DNI was basically saying it's up to Congress to move forward with a further investigation.
3: Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. let me go back to the the placing of this um, of this phone call in a computerized record that's reserved for national security. Another thing that's alleged in the whistleblower complaint, and unfortunately, I can't put my finger on exactly where it is right now, but it, it, the whistleblower says that it's not the first time that that's happened.
13: Yes, I read that as well in the documents, and I'm looking through my uh, my highlighted notes here as well. Uh, according to White House officials, the whistleblower says, this was not the first time under this administration that a presidential transcript was placed into this code word level system solely for the purpose of protecting politically sensitive rather than national security sensitive information. So that's uh, that was in the appendix. There's a seven-page whistleblower uh, letter of complaint, and then there are two pages of uh, now mostly uh, Unredacted classified appendix, and that's where that information is included.
3: All right. So, what about Rudy Giuliani? Let's talk about him because that's that's nearly half of the whistleblower complaint. Are concerns about
1: the president's personal lawyer?
3: Yeah, and uh, Giuliani being the president's personal lawyer and being involved in national security decision making, which is how it's labeled.
13: Right. It's very interesting, as we mentioned yesterday or whenever the last day we talked on uh, on this matter, is that uh, the two individuals that the president kept uh, mentioning uh, in that phone call with the Ukrainian leader were his personal lawyer, Giuliani, and the attorney general, uh, Bill Barr, in terms of uh, further contact between the United States and Ukraine in terms of possibly investigating the Bidens. And so Giuliani says that you know his role has been just to kind of help fix government, that he's been about that his entire life, whether he's been the mayor of New York City or working on behalf of the president of the United States. But um, the, the unclassified now, yeah, the unclassified version of this whistleblower report details over several pages about Various meetings uh, that individuals had with Ukrainian officials, including travel overseas by by Giuliani, um, and talking about focusing uh, and encouraging Ukrainian authorities to pursue these investigations. So Giuliani is very much, very much a, a key figure in terms of outreach and contact with Ukrainian officials.
3: Okay, last question for you, Greg. Uh, tell us about how the the hearing ended with Nation- with the acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire. Um, was it said we're going to investigate further? Why this wasn't brought to Congress earlier, or is that just something that's already water under the bridge?
13: Yeah, it ended with having the Democratic chairman, Adam Schiff, uh, go back to a, a line of questioning of Maguire before he left. And, uh, to, you know, the bottom line to your question, the bottom line answer to your question is that uh, it was not really spelled out exactly what the next investigative steps might be, although Schiff was, was putting out possible answers or, you know, lines of questioning there for McGuire. The, the reason why McGuire was in a tough spot and, and a lot of Democrats were, were tough in questioning him is because McGuire went to the Office of Legal Counsel here at the White House to say... We have received this complaint of allegations against the president. I don't know if executive privilege will be exerted, and therefore that's why he didn't immediately turn over the document to Congress. And so a lot of Democrats said, well, wait, hold on, put the brakes on. You, why did you go to the White House when the president is the subject of the complaint? Obviously, the White House was going to say something to protect the president. That's what the Democrats were alleging. So uh, we're going to be seeing this a lot moving forward, whether it's about this item specifically or impeachment in general, where you're going to have documents or statements and you're going to have Republicans and Democrats looking at them at the same documents or statements and coming to completely different conclusions.
1: Well, I corumba, because it is... It's autumn in Washington, D.C., but things are very hot.
13: Yeah, and it's going to get a lot hotter before, uh, before we know. And uh, it, 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 I know you, you're talking, you've been asking about what the timeline is. To be honest, a lot of us here in Washington are asking those very mm-hmm. same questions. What is going to be happening next? Fascinating.
1: Well, Greg, we appreciate your insight here at the front row of uh, the White House in Washington, D.C. Thanks so much for your time. We always appreciate you here.
13: Happy to do it. Thanks.
1: Ray Clugs in SRN News, SRN News White House correspondent. Company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and. One of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
9: Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, you could qualify for 18% off the MSRP on select models, of the all-new, redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,300 in savings on select Silverado Double Cab All-Stars. The team at Colusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi
4: Chevrolet. October 11th and 12th, Gospel Life Church in Evans City presents the 2019 Engage Conference. This year's theme, Communion with God. Join keynote speakers Dr. Carl Truman of Grove City College and Dr. Andy Snyder of Radiant Church, Austin, along with an esteemed panel of guests as you explore ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. Child care will be provided. Reserve now at GospelLifeChurch.net slash conference. The 2019 Engage Conference. October 11th and 12th. Details at gospellifechurch.net
0: slash conference. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to christianheadlines.com. Log on to christianheadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with christianheadlines.com indeed used by over three million businesses for hiring where business
6: owners and hr professionals can post job openings with screener questions then sort review and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard learn more at indeed.com slash
11: hire dentistry in my opinion shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience and it really i think goes a long way for patients when i'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them
4: exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. At stockfamilydentistry.com.
3: The latest class of firefighters to graduate from the Fire Department of New York's Academy included 19 children of FDNY members who were killed in the September 11th terrorist attacks.
1: 19 kids, largest class ever of these young men and women whose mother, father, were murdered on 9-11.
3: It's just amazing. 13 of them, a parent killed in the 9-11 attacks, and six with a parent who died from 9-11-related illnesses. The class also included two firefighters with a parent who died in another line of duty incident for a total of 21 legacy firefighters, the official said. I love this story. I'm reading from the New York Times, an article by Ben Chapman. It says, quote, they're honoring their fallen loved ones. They're continuing their family's legacy of service and making all of us immensely proud right. said um FDNY commissioner Daniel Negro during the ceremony
1: so 18 years ago a lot of these kids were 2 3 years old right lost their mom or dad and the entire time they grew up right they heard the stories saw the photos but never knew their mother or father mm-hmm. who was killed on that morning and so this is this ultimate act, right, of yeah. of love and embracing a parent's legacy to say, I'm going to join you in service yep. to help those people that you died trying to help.
3: I've seen a photograph from the podium looking out when they asked the people to stand whose uh, parents were killed in 9-11. And it was such a moving photograph. Uh, it, you know, it's it's an act of love, but I think it's also an act of defiance.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, right? Yeah. We're not going to be easily put down, right? We'll rise up Mm -hmm. again. And our kids will rise up after. Hey, thanks for being with us for this uh, edition of the show. We're online. You can find us, johnandkathyshow.com. The podcast is up just a few minutes after we leave the air. So thanks for being with us. Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home
0: with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.